This is the Blackout Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Blackout Podcast where I get to talk with amazing people doing awesome things and today I'm very lucky to have a funny, talented individual, Travis Lindsay, comedian in the city. Thanks for coming on to the Blackout Podcast Thank today. you for having me. Yeah, I remember reaching out to you and I was like, oh man, you know, because you seem to have shows every night. Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> How do you even handle that? Let's start with that. It's, I mean, it's very simple. I mean, now it's very simple. It's pretty easy to navigate. Uh, a lot of them are just open mics during the week, working on stuff. The weekend shows are where it gets hectic and money is involved and all that stuff. But uh, during the week, it's more just like going out, meeting some friends and talking about your dick on stage. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a bit more about yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I've been doing stand-up now 10 years. Yeah. Uh, I started when I was 16. Got the bug. Been doing it ever since. Um, I've been doing it predominantly here. A little time in Toronto, I did stand up, but uh, mostly Halifax is my home base and where I love to do comedy and that. And I've done shows as recently as last night. So, you know, <laughs> tell on. me um, how it started at 16. What, like, the mm-hmm. stand up comedy? What happened at mm-hmm. 16? Uh, I entered a high school town show. Oh, uh, because I didn't make my improv team. Because uh, I, <laughs> I didn't think they thought I was funny, yeah. so I did it out of spite, and I won. Okay, yeah, uh, and I didn't care about winning. I just knew that I loved the feeling of making people laugh. And from there on, I started sneaking into clubs uh, with a fake note from the liquor commission saying I was an artist and I can perform here. <laughs> um, <laughs> then I became nineteen, and I just started doing it as often as I could. And yeah, yeah, I've been going pretty steady ever since. What what inspired you to want? I mean, apart from liking, mm-hmm. you know, making people laugh. Are there any comics that you saw? I'm like, shit, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pryor, Eddie Murphy. When you watch, when I watched Richard Pryor, it was like, oh, I can never do that. Uh, I can never do that. Like, but I was like, it's amazing, but I can never do it. And then I watched uh, Eddie Murphy special with my family, and just watching them laugh, I was like, I have to do that. <laughs> I want to do that so bad. Which which one? Which uh, one that one would have been delirious. Yeah, it would have been the first so one he did. Is it the black or red one? The red one. The red one. Yeah, it was the red one. It was the first one he did. <sighs> I don't know why it doesn't do stand up. I know he's. Funny. Yeah, yeah. He's like seriously funny. Yeah. Although Richard Pryor, I don't know which one. Which one did you see? Uh, Richard Pryor one probably would have been live on the Sunset Strip. The one where he right. talks about he 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 blew himself up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's like, how do you do that? Because that's mm-hmm. as vulnerable as you can get. Yeah, it's it's a very real and raw thing, and uh, I think some comics are. A, addicted to pain for that reason and being able to make stuff you know funny um which is what we do mm. uh oddly enough after this i'm about to go be broken up with and uh <laughs> i'm very sad but at the same time i'm like god I just, I just want some jokes just give me some, can i leave wait, me wait, so, so how do you know that this is going to happen oh we had this we had the pre-talk oh uh, before i left to go do my show uh, he does last night. Yeah, a couple days. Yeah, so it would have been a couple days ago. Oh, oh, oh so okay. Thursday or Friday, there was a phone conversation, and so you know, what? What um, is it? All the traveling, or no? It's just uh, before this, we both got out of uh, relationships that were not maybe completely 
recovered from. Mm. Uh, I think when we did the pre-interview, I talked, I was going through that one and I was just meeting this person. Um, so yeah, it's just bad timing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wish it was something crazier that I could. (laughs) How did you meet this new person? Uh, oddly enough in the way that I hate online, but like, we just kind of hit it off. Um, she was funny and made me laugh. And, uh, it was one of those weird things where I was like, I almost didn't swipe on her. Cause like, there's no way that she'll like me. And then I did. And a couple of days later I got a message and it, uh, it all fell into place and just at the wrong time it fell into place. Uh, uh, so, uh, so kind of everyone is at that stage where they are not really done with whatever it is. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's just some lingering stuff that may hurt us in the long run. So like, I'm trying to be helpful that, you know, maybe down the line, something can, uh, wow. That's, uh, actually very, hmm, I'm trying to find a word here. Very thoughtful of the both of you for each other. Yeah. That's why you don't really see where people are like, you know what? This isn't working mm-hmm. for us for this reason yeah yeah know? yeah because it's great you know when we're together and then when we leave you know there's the lingering thoughts and stuff mm-hmm. and we just is it more from your side or our side probably hers mm-hmm. i'm because I'm... you're pretty uh yeah <laughs> actually you know what here i was thinking i was going to talk about our relationship and yeah, this yeah. Happened, but i want to rewind to that one because the former relationship you had you yeah. met was it like um Trio comedy or something? Uh, no, we just met downtown. She met. Uh, she was the uh, sister of my best friend's ex girlfriend. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. He came yeah, pick yeah, me up yeah, drunk yeah, downtown, yeah, 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 yeah. and we both met, and we were both pretty hammered. Uh, we gave them both a lift. We gave them a lift home. My buddy wasn't drinking, by the way. Uh, yeah. It was just me. He was coming to be a good friend. Yeah. And uh, before she got out of the car, she. Gave me her phone, wanted me to put my number in, and then the next day she forgot me, <laughs> uh, which I found out five minutes before I had a show. Uh, I was I was a little disappointed, but it was whatever. Yeah. Uh, and then a few months later, we a month or so later, we met again, and we hit it off again, a little more sober. And yeah. uh, my, my my other best friend started hitting on her, <laughs> and uh, so I was like, okay, forget this. She's yeah. more into him than me, and. Uh, before the night ended, uh, they were leaving and she was writing uh, a phone number on his arm, mm. which I went, well, this is nailing the coffin for sure. But then she walked <laughs> over to me and told me that, Hey, that wasn't a real number you know, <laughs> not that kind of person. And, uh, yeah, then we dated for three years and then she vanished like Thanos snapped her fingers or something. <laughs> <shit. Yeah. laughs> so, um, here's the thing though. You know, we're just talking about prior and him lighting himself yeah, yeah. up. How do you take all that hurt, I guess, and yeah. spin it around to make other people laugh? Um, I think it's the... Uh, I'm a sensitive. I'm probably a pretty sensitive person overall. I will make jokes about anything, but, you know, that doesn't mean that uh, I'm also very quick to cry when I watch stuff that gets me. And, mm. you know, with my feelings, I kind of keep them more to myself. So... Mm. Uh, but I like, I just like being to show the example that shit can be absolutely horrible. Yeah. Doesn't mean you can't make fun of it. Doesn't mean that you don't care about that. That Mm. stuff can still very much hurt you, Mm. but get some good out of it. Mm. You know, get, you know, salvage what you can out of this house fire that's going on in your life. (laughs) House fire. Yeah. Okay. So 16, you, did you get an improv theme after, after? I did. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah. It was, like first audition. It was supposed to, you know, they do like a week long thing. Yeah, and I did yeah. that. And like, you're going to make it this year. You're fine. <laughs> uh, and then I coached the team for two years. Wait. So the. Man, so they didn't stick you on, and then yeah, they yeah. took you on, and, and then you coached. Yeah, them. and then I coached, and I went on to coach. <laughs> I think that's the ultimate revenge life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so you finished um, high school, when, and then with the clubs, were you actually performing when you snuck in? Yeah, I was performing on the open mics and that, and uh, uh, a week before I moved to Toronto for school, I got my first like weekend gig where I got to middle, and that's 20 minutes on stage before the headliner goes on, and... Mm. Uh, things were starting to roll together there, and but then of course it kind of derailed it because I went to school, so they weren't they weren't booking me at the club, mm. and uh, I couldn't get booked in Toronto because it's just a bigger scene there, and mm. you know no one at that yuck yucks knows you, so you kind of start at the bottom again, and yeah, it was a long process to mm. get steady work, and it what still is. What in Toronto? Uh, comedy. Yeah, I went to comedy school. Oh, okay. Yeah, I studied you know stand up, improv, sketch, all the. Wow. All the fun stuff. So what are some of the things that teach you? Uh, how to hold a microphone. Wait, uh, wait some, what? <laughs> you, some people need to learn how to hold a microphone. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah. They teach you how to come out and, you know, pull it out of the stand without wrestling for it and shit. <laughs> and, uh, a lot of people that go, have like, that went, had never done stand-up in their life. So. Which was, like, baffled me. Because yeah. the whole reason I waited until I was 20 and I waited two years after school was so I could go in with a little experience. Because I wanted to show that I'm serious about this. Mm. And other people went straight out of high school and were like, how many, I'd be like, how many sets have you done? They'd be like, what's a set? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. What the f- <laughs> fuck do you mean? What's a set? How many times have you done stand-up? Oh, never. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So they just thought, okay, I'll go here and learn. Yeah, because they're just people that are in school. Like, oh, you're funny. <laughs> and either those people dropped out within year one or two or they stuck with it and they became the people that you're like please don't put me with them in a group <laughs> why would you say they shouldn't be put in a group with you because they sucked <laughs> like, like they're just they were not funny people um they tried hard which is you know admirable yeah uh but it was also one of those things where i kind of started getting mad at the school because i was like oh you guys don't care about being the best of the best yeah, you want you just, you just want money whatever, yeah that's like and that's so is there like an audition to go into this yeah school? you got to send in t- like uh, if you live in ontario you got to go to there or you can just send in a video and i had video of me doing stand-up and all that stuff and mm. introductory video and all that stuff and i got in and i was like wow okay cool i was really honored to be there and i'm sitting next to one guy that's never been on stage in his life and another dude that goes hey man do you write your own jokes before you go on stage and i went yeah and he goes oh you're not supposed to just do jo-. and i'm like no you're not supposed to do jokes of other people you've heard <laughs> but so did, did they get any better after the two years or some did some okay. some really improved other people say the same and it was like proof that it wasn't for them wow. other people got scared and realized so, it wasn't is for the them. school expensive yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty pricey. I mean, all especially because I had to move and stay in the yeah, dorm. Like it all added up for me. Um, yeah, I'm still paying for it. Um, <laughs> and why? Why do you think someone would go to such a school? Go through uh, spending all that mm-hmm. money re- uh, in the knowledge that they don't mm-hmm. have what it takes. Like, yeah, I think uh, for me, I just wanted to get to Toronto, mm. and I knew this would be a way that hey, look, I'm going to school, mm. so it looks like you know even my backup plan is my A plan, 
and uh, I'm just in that city. I'm in a bigger environment, and uh, I Toronto's so weird for me because I I love it and I hate it. How and how? Um, I love it because there's so much opportunity there. You can be on stage multiple times a night. We're here, it's you know one max for the most part. Mm. Um, I just love that there's so many more opportunities there, uh, but I hate the fact that there's millions of people in this goddamn city and you can feel so lonely oh. that I can be walking down the street and have hundreds of people pass me this side, hundreds of people pass me this side and just no one's making like, here you walk down the street in Halifax, even somebody you don't know, how's it going? Oh, it's a good day. Oh, good for you. Like, you know, it's mm. like, there's something nice about that. There's yeah. something that makes you feel yeah. connected to people yeah. Yeah. and those are the people I want to make laugh. I want to make the people that I have connections with because I'm already a very shy person. Mm. So it's already enough for when someone says hi to me on the street, I'm like, oh, hi. Like, I'm, I'm very nervous off stage. Mm. Uh, so to be in a big city like that where everyone seems so disconnected, it's like, I feel lonely here. Mm. It's god awful in Toronto for that kind of stuff. Wow. So uh, you finished school. Did you stay a while after that? Uh, I stayed a few months after. And, it, you know, it's expensive and, you know. Jobs are hard to find because they usually want to hire permanent residents there. And as soon as they see Nova Scotia on your resume, they're going to tear it up and not even pay attention to it. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's very hard to find a job or even a good place to stay in Ontario. Um, so I came back. I was pretty upset when I first came back. I, was, I felt like I had failed. Mm. Uh, but it turned out to be the best thing for me because even though there's less stages here, I was getting more quality time which is better for the stand-up i do which is mostly storytelling and you know not quick jokes where yeah you can do 10 sets on a monday in toronto but you it's three minutes long uh, it takes me three minutes to get into my shit one, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah my first three minutes is me talking to people <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah, personally, that's the kind of comedy I like, though. I, mm. I, I want to feel like I'm being taken on a journey with this guy. That's why I like uh, Cat Williams. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, he will start, like, he starts his set with a story, and then 20 mm. minutes later, he comes back to this one story. Yeah, yeah. I like yeah, that. Yeah, I love I doing like stuff that. like that, yeah. So, like, oh, I'm, I'm engaged, and Plus, it's just funny that guy. Yeah. What, what? So you like uh, you saw Richard Pryor, and then mm-hmm. um, and then the Murphy and say want to do this. Yeah, I'm just cool for that. What are comics just you know <clears throat> out there that you like? Uh, I mean, Chappelle obviously oh, is gosh. like yeah. That's oh the... man, <laughs> <laughs> what did you think of his show? I love Chappelle's show. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I liked it later on. Like I once I really started getting into comedy and you know seeing like the actual genius of it. Like that's. That was uh, big for me. But yeah, I've always loved the stand up evolution of it. What was your stance like when he got all that money and it's like, nope, I'm out? I think it's a brave move um, for sure. But I, I, it's such a respectable move that he's not motivated by that. And he'd, he'd rather keep some kind of artistic ability. And I think he was just drained. And Hollywood can do that to you, I guess. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I don't like Hollywood. Can never <laughs> fucking talk, sound like an asshole. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I just, I think he was under a lot of pressure and especially I think being uh, like in a black entertainer, especially the, you know, you have two sides of this coin of being like, you want to represent your culture and your people. And then you don't want to feel like a sellout. Cause you know, these are the people that made you and you know, you turn on them, they will turn on you just as quick. And quick, yeah. yeah. 
And then, but then he came back after blah, blah, blah. Mm. And then Netflix just threw him on. Did you see any of this Netflix stand-up? Uh, I watched them almost monthly. <laughs> what did you think I of it? I love them. Yeah, uh, I, I studied he, he them. He did a controversial one, though. I think mm. it was about, was it about gay people? Or? He did He yeah, he did some, uh, like, transgender. Yeah, trans people. Yeah, he yeah. did some trans jokes and that. And, you know, some people got upset. And Yeah, that was heavy. You know, Do you know another heavy, uh, what's his name? This guy that... Oh, he has like a dry kind of joke. Oh. Okay. Ah! <laughs> he was one of the Me Too people. Louis? Louis yeah, okay? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the, do you know the joke he made uh, on Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. about uh, pedophiles? Oh, yeah. Where, it, you know, having it, it is issues. actually a really, really funny, smart joke. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, as in how. What did okay? You're a comic. Like, yeah. what goes through your mind when you know shit? This thing is funny, but maybe I yeah. didn't say it. Yeah. Um. If it's funny, then I, I, you know, I always say go for it. Take, take, <laughs> take that risk. Live and die by the sword. You know that some people are gonna just on the word alone. Yeah, yeah. Which is not where you should be getting mad at. You should be getting mad at the context of the mm. joke, not not the word itself. Because mm. if I say pedophiles is bad, and immediately you go, you don't say pedophile, and it's like I just condemn them mm. but you were so hung up on that one word you didn't let me finish yeah the point uh it's funny enough that bit that he did he he said that about 10 years earlier on a radio show oh he did yeah so oh, like okay. i knew where he was going when he said it and it was just a conversation he had mm. which i was like to me is also amazing because i love seeing the evolution of jokes and how they come together and yeah. that and it, it is a silly thing to say in conversation you know to why would someone risk go time knowing you know you mess with kids you're you are excommunicated from society like 99 percent of people will totally despise you no matter what there's no coming back from it but yet you're going to risk that yeah it has to be amazing like i mean (laughs) like that's like the fact he delivered it like that it was like that's the thing about that joke yeah it is funny he kind of reminded me of a a next episode of south park i don't know if you watch south park Mm -hmm. so there's an episode of south park where uh there's this robot that tells jokes have you seen that yes yeah yeah and then the the ultimate joke was pretty much him just opening a gun yeah yeah on the audience yeah yeah. and it's funny but again you know it's <sighs> you know, I, I'm so happy I don't do comedy and I'm yeah. not funny because, <laughs> you know, I, I think I'll get to that point where, fuck, it is so mm-hmm. funny, but, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, no, sometimes you just got to go for it. Sometimes <laughs> you say something and you go, I know I'm going to lose three or four people in this room right yeah. now. Then you were never really with me. It's fine. That's, you know, you're not going to be with me through the long run. Do you ever have those moments? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um you know, I'll, I'll do a show and someone will come up and be like, I loved you, you know, but you said this and this bugged me. Mm. And I, and I go, that's, you know, that's totally fine. People feel different ways, but then I'll go, well, did you laugh at this thing? And they'll go, yeah, that was hilarious. And I'm like, well, why is it okay to laugh at that? Mm. But now that I come around to something that's a little sensitive for you, now it's, it's a no go. I've literally had people, you know, I'll joke about, you know, not having my dad. I'll joke about, you know, dealing with racist stuff and, and everyone's all fine with that. But then I'll, I'll say a word, you know, I'll, I'll drop cunt every now and then, not even every now and then there's one time I say it and they go, that's where you lost me. Uh, and it, and it's like, well, you know, yeah. a four letter word or like, <laughs> I, you're totally fine laughing at me talking about growing up without a father and living in an abusive home and like all those jokes. 
but I say one word silly and sarcastically, mm. and now you're you're no go. Mm. And then, as a com as a comic, right? How do you think? Uh, I, well, I mean, you brought it right over, but being black and being a mm-hmm. comic in the city, how's it? Uh, how's it for you? Um, fine. I mean, I mean, when people do realize I'm black and I'm not, <laughs> you know, I've had people go and be like, "Oh, you're funny. It's so funny. Great to see an Egyptian comic." And I'm like, "I'm not fucking." <laughs> you mean, <laughs> uh, you know, um, like it's fine for me. It's usually I will get the call when I can. You know, sometimes you can tell that I am like, we need to diversify this show. Let's grab Travis. <laughs> Because I am, I'm the only real, you know, yeah. black stand-up in the HRM, probably yeah. Nova Scotia, yeah, uh, which is weird for me, you know, because because there's plenty of funny black people, yeah, but it's uh, there was one other one who uh, wasn't. Uh, <laughs> he wasn't funny, and he wasn't left. Black. He left. He left. He was he was darker than me, but he left. <laughs> he left Halifax and he went to uh, Ottawa, mm. and then when they asked why he came from Halifax to Ottawa, he said. Uh, it's just the comics in Halifax are too racist. <laughs> they won't give me a chance. They're racist. Mm. I headline most shows yeah. around here. I don't think the racist is you stunk. <laughs> like you weren't. <laughs> if I had nothing to do with you being black, do, you're do, garbage. Do you ever um, like go to a show where the uh, comedians uh, performing and you're like, oh fuck, that person sucks. And mm. if the person is your friend, what do you do? Do you tell them their set sucked or? <laughs> I won't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be that harsh. If I'm fr- usually, if I'm friends with you, I think there is something funny about you. Mm-hmm. Everyone, I doing this ten years. You know, you realize when it, you realize when a joke doesn't go well. Was it the joke? Was it the delivery? What? Like you can see it a little more. You can see the pieces, and you can kind of connect where it wasn't connecting. So you'd be like, "Hey, man, why don't you say this word instead?" Or how about you throw this tag on there? Like you'll, you know, you'll try to be nice and supportive. Mm. Uh, newer comics probably have it a little harder because you know. We've been doing this ten years, so we're a little more hardened to it. Mm. And you know, we're we're damaged pets. <laughs> um, <laughs> so when we see these new kids come in, and yeah. you know, they want to be our friends, and that we're like, "You're not sticking around." I've seen six of you. Mm. Why am I going to become friends with you for you to just drop off the face of the earth? And now, mm. now I don't have this friend anymore that I like doing shows. So, so we're very cold, I think, a little bit sometimes. Mm. Sometimes to a fault. Mm. Uh, other times, you just want to see who's dedicated to doing this and mm. there are tons of new guys that i can see like oh you're dedicated to doing this oh i want you on my shows i want i want to see you get better i'm not gonna walk out of the room when i see you go on stage because mm. i, I want to see you grow as a performer mm. but i mean sometimes there's other guys that go on stage where you see their name on the list and you go fuck piss break <laughs> <laughs> what just because they're not funny or just because you know they won't they don't have what it takes yeah not even that it's not funny it's just that it's so bad like because there's some people that stink and it's hilarious yeah <laughs> and i love to watch those i love watching yeah. that because they'll be so bad yeah it's going to affect the host when they come back up it affects the mood of the room like and and you know but if, if someone's just garbage for the sake of being garbage and unaware that it's garbage <laughs> I can. <laughs> I can't suffer. That. It, it makes me remember people that go on uh, America's Got Talent. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, delusional. <laughs> and it makes me paranoid because I go, I go, is that me? 
Has that been me for 10 years? Do I stink and just no one has the goddamn balls to tell me that I'm awful? But what happens in that situation? Do you think that's a thing? Like, I think at an at a base level, we all kind of know mm-hmm. we are okay or not okay at something, don't you? Don't yeah, you? I think I think yeah, I think people with common sense do. <laughs> and then I think there's three or four people in the scene that just because I, I mean you kind of know. Say say you're a singer, yeah. right? And you oh, fuck, I don't sound good, mm-hmm. or or you you're a comic and you just. Uh, you know, it's just not yeah. landing. Yeah. Uh, oh, how do you handle hecklers? That's the other thing. Uh, depends on the heckler. Oh, you know no what way. I mean. Uh, if it's like if it's like a shit comment, I like I'm not gonna really respond to it. I can tell if I can go somewhere with someone. Mm. But like, I had one guy yell at a couple Christmas shows ago. He just went, "You're mulatto." I can't do anything <laughs> with that. You're just <laughs> yelling diet hate words at me. Like it's not. <laughs> There's no like you're just an asshole. Yeah, and I gotta yeah, let yeah. you sit there and be a whatever. And I and I talk about being mixed race, so you know, don't worry, I'll get to the Milano jokes for you. Mm. Like I let me do it. Mm. Other people, you know, just drunk or silly or fun, and you can play around with them. And it's it, there's there's levels. Yeah. Don't heckle, of course, is rule one. Yeah. But if you're just drunk and naive and you say something silly, sometimes it can it can go really well. Sometimes there's a really good heckle that gets a great laugh, and you can bounce off of that and get a bigger laugh and. Those are great moments, mm. but they should be, you know, natural moments. Someone shouldn't go be like, I'm going to help this fucking show tonight. <laughs> like, that, like, get out of here with that shit. And you can tell who does that. You can tell who's just trying to have fun. You can tell who wants to be the show. And if you yeah. want to be the show, you're, I'm, I'm going to hurt your feelings. Mm. Uh, I've ended relationships on stage before. Uh, what did, oh, well, like, give, what, give me an example of that. Um, it was it was my birthday show a few years ago, mm. and a girl was texting in the front row, mm. and I just said, "Let me see your phone. Let me see what you're <laughs> texting." And then I read her Snapchat conversation, <laughs> and it was talking about some guy that was not her boyfriend. <laughs> and then I threw her phone back at her, and then then they like both left the room, <laughs> and they broke up. What's <laughs> up? Uh, <laughs> Talking about phones, um, why do you think Chappelle says mm-hmm. no phones in his, in his show? Because of something like yeah. that? It's distracting or what? Um, it's because he doesn't want to be recorded working on jokes, mm-hmm. uh, which I get. Like, even us, like, low level as we are, we don't want people recording our stuff and it getting out there before. Because mm-hmm. you may get mad at a joke I tell, but I'm trying to still figure out the recipe for that goddamn bit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, I'm trying to work. So, yeah, it sucks now. Okay, give me six months. And then I'll show you the finished product. Mm. You're trying to watch me write the blueprints. Mm. Wait till I'm ready to start building the building. So, you know, I totally get why he doesn't want, especially because he's such a big name. Yeah. And there's a lot of value in his material and stuff, you know, still gets out about him. Like there's specials about, there's like hour long sets of Chris Rock on YouTube and hour long sets of Chappelle that are bootlegged and Mm. shouldn't be out there. Of course, I watch them. <laughs> I find them, but I'm I'm not watching to judge. Yeah. I'm watching to study and an yeah, artist yeah. work on his like I and I'm not going to shit around. And be like, oh, you got to watch this. Yeah, you got to watch that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I just you know I like seeing them work on jokes. I like seeing Chris Rock with a notepad, being like, maybe I'll try this joke. <laughs> and then when that special comes out, I will appreciate it as a comic because I've seen the work. Yeah. Other people will go, I heard him do that joke. And it's like, no, you heard him start that joke. Oh. 
you watched him on the special do the joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, saw yeah. him work on the joke. That's two different things. It's yeah. funny. People go, you did the same joke twice. And it's like, did you see me in the same week? Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. You saw me same <laughs> because I'm trying to get it good. Oh, so okay. when I record it, people will buy it. Mm. You know, I, I try to turn over material a lot. Mm. But still, you're going to you're gonna hear a couple of the same things. It takes time to make a new act. and So what's your process like, uh, say, fucking the bus or whatever? Mm-hmm. You hear something like, shit, that's funny. What's, that's, what happens from that moment till when you know the joke is ready? Uh, I'll put it down uh, as a memo on my phone. Uh, and then maybe I'll bullet point things that happened in the story or whatever. Uh, or I'll go, there's, there's an app on my phone called comedy companion and, uh, it'll, it has uh, jokes in development and I'll put, I'll put it in there and lock it in. And then next time I'm at an open mic, I'll tell the story mm. with no jokes or anything added. I'll just tell it as it is to find the natural funny in it. And then where I feel like it dips a little, that's when I'll may- maybe get a little creative with it. I'll start adding other jokes into it, you know. Mm. Uh, but the foundation for every joke I want to do, I want it to be a true. I want it to be true. I don't want it to be bullshit. Mm. When you watch me on stage and I'm telling a story, this shit happened. Maybe not chronologically in the right order, or mm. but like the base and the meat of the story is always 100% honest. Mm-hmm. I can't. I hate bullshitting. I hate lying. <laughs> uh, you know. <clears throat> Yeah, it's a weird process. Yeah. And it's, it depends on the type of joke, too. Sometimes I see a news headline, and I just I want to talk to people about it. <laughs> okay. Uh, other times, it's like, oh, here's a repressed memory from my childhood. <laughs> I couldn't afford to be in band. <laughs> Let me get this up. It's just therapy. It's just therapy where I don't want anyone to talk back to me. <laughs> so you get, on, you get on the stage, and um, when do you... Yeah, yeah, that's the one. When do you now decide this joke is ready um, I have a hard time doing that. Ah. Uh, I think some jokes are never ready. There's there's jokes that are like five years old that I'm like, oh, now I know where the ending is, and like now then I'll run to the stage and try and like. So you never really know until, to me, if it's on an album or something, mm. it's done. Which is like one of the reasons I'm kind of happy I'm having so much trouble releasing this stuff because even though I do have a t- new time to do. It is like, uh, you know, you're sending your kids away. Yeah. It's like, these are, I've watched these things grow. And some of these are literally stories of my life that I'm not allowed to tell on stage anymore. Uh, there's some stuff I've edited out because I wasn't ready to let go of it. I have jokes about like my great grandmother and stuff and she's passed away. And that's kind of, you know, those jokes I still like doing every now and then. Mm. And I, and I could get away with them. No one knows who the fuck I am. So mm. no one's going to be like, you already talked about your dead grandma. Like, I know you didn't have my, spe- hear my special. So it's fine. Mm. Um, but it, yeah, it's a, it's a weird thing to let go of jokes. And I, I get why comics kind of hold on to bits as long as they can. Some just cause they can't come up with new shit. Others, cause, <laughs> you Does know, they drew, they drew them. Where you're like, fuck, I just can't come up with something new. Yeah. I go through what I was talking on, uh, on a podcast that I do. Mm. Uh, I was talking about, cause my other buddy, he's a comic, Andrew Vaughn. Mm. And he was talking about, he's just in a rut right now with comedy stuff. And I am kind of too. Uh, and it's just, I just call it the comedy flu. You, 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 <laughs> you, you feel very sick and like, you are like, I don't oh, like you're on the verge of death. And like, I, I, maybe I've run out of everything. That's funny. Maybe I don't have anything else funny left to say. Mm. Maybe I, you know, cause there is a weird thing. There are moments I wait, there are days I wake up before a show and I go, 
I don't know how to do this. Oh, wow. How do I just open a show? Like, you, like, forget everything. Mm. And uh, it, it becomes a part where material runs dry and you are and you don't want to do even the newer stuff. Mm. You look at it and you go, this is old garbage. I don't want to do this. Gotcha. You always want that next fix, that next hit. Because, you know, sometimes a joke still kills. Gets a great <laughs> response. <laughs> but it doesn't do anything for you. Because, uh. but that's, you know, that's the moment when you know a joke's good. Uh, which I learned on uh, watching Jerry Seinfeld's comedian, a uh, comic named Colin Quinn, said uh, that's when you know like a joke is a joke. It's like when you're doing it and it's killing and you're like, big deal, I made you people laugh. Like like you're just not even like you know it's so easy. You feel mm-hmm. dirty doing it. <laughs> okay. Um, so now <clears throat> with shows, right, mm-hmm. um, how – is there anything, is there any hierarchy when they call out comi- comics? Mm-hmm. Is there, or is just whoever is there, they just call the person out? Like, yeah. is there any reason why someone is number one and someone is number six or whatever? Like, uh, what's this? The Halifax comedy first, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. The last person is like the. Yeah, person? usually the headliner of the show will be but the But then the, does the other, uh, how to place the other people. Sometimes, sometimes it's just random. You know what I mean. Oh, okay. uh, with with most like open mic shows, <clears throat> if you're on the very first, it 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 could mean that that comic has another show to get to. Because sometimes they'll be a big name and they'll you know hop on first, do five minutes, and fuck off to the next show. Mm. Or it could mean that it's just it's just a comic that's trusted to open the show right. The other times it's just there's just a new guy. Put him on, you know. So the person that starts <clears throat> the person that starts the show is super important. Yeah, I would say so. That really gets some... Because, unfortunately, hosting is is a, such a thankless job. Yeah! It's, you know, um, there's a show... There's a there's a thing, the Three Kings or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. where uh, this guy, Harvey, was the host. Yeah, yeah, Steve Harvey, yeah. He, was, he did a bit about Titanic. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you can remember. So it's like mm-hmm. uh, the Titanic was sinking and these yeah. people were playing music and it's like it was the... Mm some black band of a yeah. fucking unplugged yeah, yeah. that joke i'll never forget yeah, it yeah. and he's like the host right i mean he introduced yeah. every other person yeah. so yes you're right the host is super thankless yeah yeah it's such a thankless job like you know i i hate hosting shows for the mere fact that like the show will end and people are going you're really funny you, sh- you should do comedy <laughs> and it's motherfucker i just did 30 minutes for you in between and like you know most of you i'm mostly there just so people can go take a piss before the headliner and you know fill up time if that guy sucked before the headliner i now gotta fix the show yeah um it's such a thankless job but it's such an important job yeah and i don't think people realize that so really you know when you go up first as a host some people are scared to take bullets because the audience isn't warmed up Mm. well then it's your job to get them warmed up Thank you for doing that. You, it's a sacrifice. We get it. Uh, the only time you need to really be worried in the lineup is like if you're constantly on the show and you're in between two great people, because <laughs> that means you probably stink. And now we got to fix it. And so they give somebody good, then you, then somebody. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be like someone good. So it's like, see what we're doing. And then like someone sucks. And it's like, no, no. Remember, there are good people on the show. Don't leave. <laughs> <laughs> so whose whose responsibility is it to call out the like not the whole mm-hmm. whose responsibility is to write that list? Whoever runs the show. Oh, so, okay. So most likely it would be the host if it's a local open mic. Mm. 
Uh, you know, so if it's like uh, Gus's Pub, it would be Martin Edwards. He would make the list for there. And Catherine Robertson would make the list for Brearley's. Uh, Daniel Allen, who does the Amateur Yuck, Yucks Night, uh, you know, who doesn't host it. But he usually lines up the people for me if I'm hosting or something. So, mm. you know, it's, yeah, it all depends on how people like their show to be structured. And then the kid, how did that name come about? Um, I was just the youngest one in the scene <laughs> when I started. I'm, I'm no longer, which is, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's all like the, um, but in the people that started with you 10 years ago, it's yeah, yeah. younger, so. Yeah. So I was, you know, I was, I was really young when I started. So I, some people called me a kid. Most of the time, the, a lot of the older guys that I started with would just call me T-Lens. They would just shorten my name. Mm. And then the kid, when I just came back, it was like, you know who can we get for the show? Like, Oh, well the kids back in town, put him, put him on the shows. And then, you know, it just kind of grew from there and mm. people call me it, you know, it's not like my stage name or anything. Yeah. Yeah. The kid. Yeah, yeah. You know, just the title, but you know, it's still just Travis Lindsay. The kid is all right. You know, <laughs> um, I like that yeah. title. How do I mean, you mm-hmm. came up with it cause of what to call you or. Yeah. Well, I guess that part just, and also, um, uh, just being all right in general is a big statement. I think it encompasses a lot of, you know, I talk about a lot of personal stuff and, you know, through all that, I'm all right. Mm. Uh, and just at comedy, I'm all right. Like, uh, it wanting to be accepted by my peers. Mm. Uh, you know, I won a comedy competition in New Brunswick a few years ago and one of the bigger, the bigger comic that I got to open for, like, you know, saw me at the after party was, Oh, there's the kid. Bring him over. And I was like, okay, I'm all right. Like, I'm all right in this business. I'm all right following the path that I'm on. Mm. So, yeah. Um, here's the one. Uh, what are some of the big shows, bigger shows you've done? Uh, Hellfax Comedy Fest last year definitely was probably the biggest just because it was taped for TV. Yeah. Um, not my favorite show of all time. Why not? But I think it was my favorite, one of my favorite moments. Just because they don't use your full set. Uh, and they also edited my joke yeah, yeah, and they yeah. edited it in a way where I didn't like the joke anymore. Yeah. And like, so like that kind of bugged me and rubbed me around, but that's the risk of TV. Mm. And that joke's going to be on my album where it's done right. So I'm much more happy with it there. Mm. Um, my album taping obviously is like, to me, a personal moment is one of the bigger shows, uh, getting to do the spats theater last year for, uh, a pride fundraiser was oh, very wow. cool. 750 people sold out was pretty sweet. Pretty special, yeah. and in in a non stand up sense, uh, doing Second City in Toronto with a guy named Dave Thomas who uh, was on SCTV and he's been on Rusted Development. He's one of the voices of the Moose and Brother Bear. Like it was, uh, <laughs> it was very cool to be on stage with him for some sketches and stuff that I got to, just not only performed in but I wrote, which mm. was uh, so that's a big highlight that I kind of keep to myself every wow. now and then. Um, working on new material now. What? Are you working on the new material now? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, right now, I'm trying to work on the new hour and what's right for it and what I want to, you know, the structure and the story of it, right? I got my closer for sure. Oh, wow. So I know what I want to end it on. And I know what I want to, like, it's right now just the stuff in the middle. I have it bookend the way I like it. Uh, but it's also just writing more than enough material. So when I do stop that stuff, I got some other stuff to work on where I'm not just, I don't like going in with a complete blank slate. That kind of scares me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, do you have a title for it yet? No, no, oh, okay. God, no. I'm, I want to get the, <laughs> I want to get this first one out. I have I have a couple different ideas, you know, that I'm playing around with in my head. But it all depends on how I'm feeling at the time Fair that enough. I'm about to record it. Yeah, for sure. Cool. 
Wow, man. Okay, thanks for this. Yes. I can't wait to see the hour once it's ready. Mm-hmm. And, you know, thanks for coming on. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, keep an eye out. The, the Kid is All Right is the title of my album that I filmed in November when I was all right. Uh, I'm about to be broken up with. I probably won't be all right. Um, no, I will. I'll totally be all right. <laughs> it's just a new hour of jokes. I'm, yeah, uh, yeah. Thanks very much, Travis. Thank you, buddy. This is the Blackout Podcast. Thanks for listening.